0: cardinals corner from
1: arizona sports with tyler drake and eric ruby
0: Hello and welcome back into another jam-packed edition of Cardinals Corner because we've got a lot to break down today. And by we, I mean as always, I'm joined by Arizona sports Cardinals reporter Tyler Drake. I am Eric Ruby. We are Cardinals Corner. And boy, do we have a full plate to dig into today, Tyler. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Should have been uh, should have been a couple days ago, but shout out to the pup for giving us a little scare over here. But I'm glad we're back. I'm glad uh, we can at least do the podcast in some form. I wish I could be in studio, but you know how life goes. But, yeah, I'm excited to talk. We've got a lot of stuff to cover, and, I mean, I've – Covered a lot of ground, so let's just uh, yeah, let's get into it.
0: Yeah, changing sports for the analogy, but life's been throwing a lot of curveballs recently, and we've been dealing with them. We've we've struck out a couple times. We're on base now. We're here, and we are ready to talk about the Cardinals who had. Let me put it frankly, what a hell of a first draft for Monty, awesome for Tyler. You were there for the trade backs, for the trade up, for them eventually selecting Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State, the offensive lineman. I would like your first-hand experience of what it was like to go through the ups and the downs of the first round of the draft.
1: Yeah, yeah, so in KC... Uh, I just took it upon myself to be like, Hey, I'm going to go right into the center where everyone's at. Everyone's watching the draft. I want to get that full experience of what everybody's feeling. And it was uh it was pretty crazy. I mean, uh, pretty much to begin with, it was a party from as soon as I got there in the morning until I was leaving. I mean, it was a full blown, you couldn't hardly walk down the sidewalk. There's so many people walking around at all times. So they crammed that place. I think for the three days it was over three hundred thousand, like three hundred and twenty thousand people. So just a ton of people. But that first day it was wall to wall. And just seeing uh, you know, not a lot of people were on their phones actually. I thought that was interesting. A lot of people were just sitting there kind of either, you know, video videoing something or talking to somebody about who they wanted, and then all of a sudden you see like the logo flash from Cardinals to uh to Texans and everyone starts freaking out like what? what is going on? And, and, you know, I had seen the report pop up on Twitter, but just kind of feeling it, feeling the environment kind of shift and everyone kind of, you could feel like what's going to happen next. And uh, yeah, then from there it just kept getting even more crazier until finally they popped back up, got Paris Johnson and got out of there for, for that side of things, which, you know, I, for me, I thought that was a great grab. I thought, uh, you know, thinking about it now, I thought he might've been there at 11, but I don't think he would have been. So you know they did a big monkey swung for the fences, and I think he hit a home run on this first draft. I mean, you've got you come away with a guy like that, you gotta be pleased.
0: All right, let's let's talk about a couple things because there there is a lot just from that day. We'll get into the tampering charges in a little bit. Obviously, that came down before the draft affected their later round picks. Your initial reaction when the Cardinals were on the clock and they traded the pick to the Houston Texans in exchange for then the number 12 pick, which then they would trade out of. More assets, but the big asset in that group being a 2024 first-rounder. What were your initial reactions on that trade when it went down before you knew anything else happened?
1: Uh, When I first saw that, and I I mean, just seeing the first round. I mean, the first-round pick from the Texans. I think that's the big thing is I think a lot of people are really you know, they could have got more, they could have got more. I mean, that could very well be a first or second. It's <laughs> being
0: mocked. Pick. It's being mocked as the number one overall pick.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. So, I mean, they pretty much, I mean, you've got to, yeah, It's, it's you've got to think of it as a uh, quality over quantity. That's really what you have to look at it right now, because you have the chance to get two generational talents, or if you wanted to trade one of them and get a boatload of picks for the next year. So it's, I, that was huge, and you know, honestly, I was I was very shocked because I personally thought it was going to be Tennessee. I thought for sure they were going to get two first round, two extra first rounders from Tennessee. Call it good, move on. But you know, realizing the Texans deal and just seeing the fact that, like, yeah, they got Will Anderson, they got C.J. Stroud, but at the end of the day, they still have one of the worst rosters in football. So this could very well be a top three, if not top two, pick and. That's big, especially for a first-year GM to land that. And I thought it was really interesting too how he worked with every single outside of the Patriots, worked with basically every team he's been with in past regimes.
0: Yeah, I think that it was really interesting to see him wheel and deal his way through his first GM like role, really. Like yeah, he signed some players in free agency. Cardinals haven't exactly been Big players in that realm But they were huge players that night And and he handled that responsibility well Especially after it didn't start off great So in conclusion with that kind of first round he turned the number 3 pick, the number 34 pick and the number 105 pick into Paris Johnson Jr, the 33rd overall pick in which he traded back later a first and a third round pick in 2024. So at the end of the day they get the guy that was rumored to them a lot, Kyler Murray's favorite offensive lineman out of this draft and Paris Johnson Jr. Let's talk about the the pick specifically though. How do you feel about, one, offensive lineman being the position, and two, him being that specific pick? You even talked to them there. You had a one-on-one with him.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, from the very brief, you know, one-on-one we've had, uh, he was really, really, you know, sound like he had it all together. You know, he's already got a foundation. He had a foundation coming out of high school, so that was pretty crazy to just, you know, talk to him about that and understand where he's coming from there. But, you know, I think... When you look at it, number three was not supposed to be an offensive lineman. Like there's, I'm not trying to dog any offensive lineman anywhere. I think, (laughs) I think the line of scrimmage is the lifeblood of the league. But you're not going to do that. I think going down, yeah, six. Maybe some people might think that's high, but I mean, you've got to think you just paid Kyler Murray so much money. You need to make sure you've got a young enforcer, young bodyguard that can really make him more comfortable, especially with him coming off a torn ACL. So, you know, I think it's a good pick. I, I know that's not the flashy pick. I think fans were probably expecting, Oh, I mean, when number three came around people, I could hear people go, Oh, well, is has gone. And it's like, yeah, of course, that would have been a crazy pick. He could be a generational talent, but you've also got to look on the other side. Maybe this guy can be that next leader, that next captain in the making. So and that's the other thing, too. He's versatile. He can move across the line. I don't think he's going to play a center because I think that was pretty funny because he told me that if they want to teach him how to snap, he'll snap and he'll be the center. But there's no way, I don't think a six, 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 seven dude's going to be a center for that team right now. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, that's just kind of where I'm at. It's, it's not that flashy pick, but it's a pick that I think is a necessary pick, for especially for a team in a rebuild with the quarterback coming off a serious injury like that.
0: Yeah, honestly, I love it. I I genuinely love the pick. I had initial buyer's remorse on trading in the moment. We were working the draft show. We were all back in Arizona, you know, working it live, was here all day. So you were out in KC, we were back here. And so you're kind of in the moment, right? And in the moment, this buildup, to having the number three overall pick and trading for it, you kind of imagined a quarterback's ransom. That, that's just kind of what was in your head, rightfully or not. That's kind of how a lot of us uh, over on the on-air side were kind of operating. And when it first came down, it was like that was not that was not a quarterback package, and it just seemed it seemed a little light, especially because you didn't know uh, about it being Houston's twenty twenty four pick or the Browns twenty twenty four pick who they who they own because of Deshaun Watson. Yeah, so yeah. my my initial emotions were, ugh, you missed out on a generational talent because I've I've very much been in the Will Anderson is the best player in this draft boat since his <laughs> since like before this last season. Me he, too. Me too. And so I I was I was fine with them taking him and I was not upset, but before the move up to six, I was like, okay, like you're gonna get somebody, but. I don't think you're going to get your guy at 12 if you've been sitting at three this whole time. Love the move back up to six. Absolutely love it. Love the pick. Love it being an offensive lineman. That is my number one position that you need to build your team around, especially when you have an injured mobile quarterback. If you want to get anything out of Kyler Murray this season... You need to have a good offensive line around him. And while I'm not expecting Paris Johnson Jr. to be an All-Pro in his first year, I expect him to be a very, very good plug-and-play player and to, by the end of the season basically be as in there as anybody else in that room. And I also enjoy that he's going into a room that I would say probably has the best veteran leadership on that roster. Oh, yeah. You've got DJ Humphreys. you've got Kelvin Beecham, you've got all sorts of guys, starters to not starters, that have been around this league for a while that I think are going to help mold this guy, because if there's one thing I've picked up about Paris Johnson Jr., he's so smart. He's so smart. And I don't have any doubt in my mind that not only will he not feel threatened by the talent in the offensive line room... I think he's going to embrace it, and he's going to love it, and he's going to learn from it. And I just feel like that's a great investment of your first, hopefully one of the last, top 10 picks in the Monty Austin Ford era. I loved it.
1: Yeah. I also—sorry,
0: sure, yeah. go ahead before I be cut easy, you real, off.
1: Yeah, I mean, we got to talk to uh, uh, his, his mom, Monica uh, Daniels, uh, the day after. When, we, when I flew back from KC to, talk to be here for the press conference— and talked to him and talked to uh, his his mom and and his mom was just really really well spoken and really talked so highly about how much he cares off the field as much as he cares on the field and dude she's ready to go you could tell like that whole family is ready to get behind this behind Johnson behind the Cardinals so it was it was really cool to see just everybody kind of coming together in that moment so I'm really interested to see how he how he does man he's ready to be a sponge he's ready to learn from these vets so I mean time will tell how how good of a draft pick this is, but I think from the initial points, it's, it's a really, really strong one.
0: Yeah, you made a good point there, Tyler, and that is that time will tell. And as I go through and I'm about to list off and read all the other draft picks, a lot of this is speculation, right? Me and you are going to sit here, we're going to give our opinions, what we think they did, blah, 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 blah. You You don't really know. The draft, you've seen many undrafted free agents, late round picks, turn into guys that are absolute studs. You've seen first round picks. You've seen top five picks turn into absolute duds. That's just the way the football works. So take this all with a grain of salt, but also understand that, you know, we're not looking at this from an uninformed perspective. So I'd like to break down each pick in order. First round, we just did Paris Johnson Jr., Ohio State offensive lineman. Second round, they trade back into number 41, trade with the Titans, who move up to get Will Levis, Monty Austin Ford's former team. And they select LSU, Edge, BJ, Ojolari. Your thoughts and reactions when that trade and that pick went down?
1: You know, to be completely honest, I wasn't really versed like a ton on him. But after reading up and, and kind of just understanding where he came from and his background, he could very well be a... Big piece of this defense moving forward. You know, he's got that number 18 jersey that he wore at LSU. I think he's going to be number 18 here too. But uh, that jersey number actually carries a lot of significance. They give it to, you know, the player that embodies the program the best, you know, leadership qualities, all of the top traits that you want out of a player and a person. So I think the Cardinals are getting a home run like what Monty, what Jonathan Gannon, what Nick Rollins, what Drew Pessing have said just getting a, a guy with a lot of football character, and, and this guy, I think, screams it, and he could very well get a lot of snaps this year just because they need people to play. And yeah. And he could very, yeah. And, I mean, you don't spend a second-round pick like that for nothing.
0: Absolutely not. And you have to imagine that there there was a chance that they could have taken him with, with the second pick in the second round, pick number 33. Like, he he was that good and yeah he slid to them but I mean you're talking about somebody that was at a big school big part of their defense and I was assigned his draft profile the ones that we play over on on air on 98.7 on the Arizona sports app so I I was a little bit aware with BJ Ojolari I obviously like I didn't sit there and watch like 17 hours of film you know I wasn't watching LSU football every week but I knew who he was and I was like okay like I'm with it so I went and I looked a little bit more at his film couple little bit more of his highlights. Lights. and there is one thing I absolutely love about BJ Ojulari. You want to hear it? What is it? He's always, always, always making the play on the ball. Always. Okay. Like a hawk. He's not always the guy's first through. He's not always the guy initiating. Sometimes he is, and he's good in that role as well. But he's fantastic, and I mean fantastic, at reading the play, reading what's going on, being patient, and tackling the guy behind the line of scrimmage. When quarterbacks run out of the pocket, when a running back has to change direction, when the offensive line collapses, he's there. And he's always on the ball. Always. It's incredible. And you might think, okay, well, why isn't he the one making the plays? Well, I think he can do that. And you're on LSU, which... It was a really good defense. It's not Georgia level, but it was still good. He's going to be a guy who's going to make plays. He's got the athleticism for it. He's got the mind for it. And it seems like he has the patience, which I think is huge. Reminded me a little bit because he's a little undersized. He's fast. And it's a name that everybody who's covered the Cardinals is a fan of the Cardinals, generally aware of the Cardinals, has kind of gravitated towards since Jonathan Gannon took over. And that's Hassan Reddick. And I, I see shades. I see shades. And I got an even wilder comparison later in the draft that you're going to think I'm crazy for. Uh, but <laughs> I, I like, look, I actually, I really like the second round pick. I was kind of looking for a center, maybe solidify that offensive line a little bit more because center is a, a really strange position for them right now.
1: But I was waiting for them to get uh, Luke Wh- Whipler Whippler, Whippler from... Uh... Ohio State, so they could get Paris's buddy.
0: That would have, see, like that, that's that's maybe the one position in this draft I wish that they addressed, but I'm, I'm in on Ojalari. I can't come in here and say he's going to be a star. He's going to be hey, a pro they bowler.
1: They might have addressed the center spot.
0: Okay. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We're talking about the fourth rounder there, but let's get to the third round first. So, second round, BJ Ojolari. First round, Paris Johnson Jr. Third round, 72 pick. Corner, Garrett Williams out of Syracuse, and with the 94th pick, wide receiver, Michael Wilson, out of Stanford. I'll open the floor to you. You can start with either Garrett or Michael. What stands out to you about both?
1: Well, Garrett, I think from what stands out to me is just how much Nick Rawlins has talked this dude up for a guy that's still rehabbing from an ACL. I think this is going to be one of those uh, situations, almost like the Marco Wilson deal where I think Marco Wilson slid a little bit, if I'm not mistaken, because of, you know, the shoe throwing and maybe a couple other things. But, you know, I think this is one of those similar things. They might've gotten a little bit of a steal here in just the type of person they're getting, type of player they're getting when he gets healthy. Uh, He was pretty jacked when we talked to him on the phone. Honestly, you're going to be jacked when you are drafted. And, just hearing Nick, I mean, Nick Ross probably went into a three or four minute spiel about him and I think Ogilari, just about how like impressed he is with the tape, impressed with, and he said two things with this, and I mean, it's in the four pillars. The violence that Garrett Williams has is something that doesn't uh, show up with, with, a, lot of other, with a, little bit, a lot of other players at that position, so he thinks he's already got this built-in kind of mentality of, I'm going to go out there and wreck people, so that's what really stands out to me. And then Wilson is just, you know, for me, it's just how can he fight up that depth chart? That's what I'm going to be really interested in is, is could he be a return guy? Because I mean, you know, I don't know if Rondell Moore is really going to fit that mold. I mean, maybe Greg Dortch is that role, but I mean, maybe he can come in and, and at least compete. I'm just kind of interested to see exactly where he's going to fall on the pecking order things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, My my crazy comparisons with him, but I'll, I'll start with Garrett Williams. It's a good shot, man. You needed corner help. They're very high, like you said, on their IQ. He's shown his athleticism as well. He's good at jumping routes, just getting ahead of things. You'll have to see with the ACL injury, man. You're going to have to see, now you got two ACL injuries. What was it, July? July, right, that yeah. that he's he kind of scheduled to played, be back?
1: He's targeting July to come back.
0: So uh, there's a chance that we could see him in action a couple weeks into the season. Not sure if he starts the season as a rookie coming off of an injury, but he's hopefully going to be a depth piece for you this year and maybe has the potential to become a more solid mainstay just through his football knowledge and maybe what Rallis is going to be able to get out of this defense. Are you ready for me to get a little bit crazy? Yes. Can I can I preface this and give a huge disclaimer that everybody's gonna ignore once I say after it though?
1: Um, I don't know if you can. Yeah, I guess you can. Yeah, that's he, kind of that's kind of bailing out though. All right, look here. Here is my
0: disclaimer: is I am insane, I am crazy, and I understand this is insane and it's crazy, but I also want you to understand that I am not taking it as far as it's gonna sound at first. Watching Michael Wilson at Stanford. There were moments, moments, Tyler, where if you squinted, you could see a little bit of DeAndre Hopkins.
1: Oh, Okay, okay, okay,
0: so let me, again, 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 let me emphasize a couple things. One, he's nowhere near as good. He probably will never be as good, because DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best to ever do it, and I am not saying that he will... Replicate, replace, or honestly, quite frankly, even be close to DeAndre Hopkins as a player. But, watching the way that he receives, how he meets the ball at the high point over defenders, and most specifically, this little spin move that he has... When he finds some opening in the middle of the field and he's got two or three guys kind of coming in on him hot like DeAndre Hopkins. And I know you can imagine this in your mind, Tyler. Hop just kind of spins away a little bit. He gets close (laughs) to the ground. He's low. He catches it and he spins basically over his right shoulder, sometimes over his left, depending on the situation. But he uses it to get a couple extra yards. I saw Michael Wilson do that. Take that for what you will. Again, I'm not saying that he's going to be wide receiver two, wide receiver one, but but his style of play.
1: If he does more than, uh, let's see, Andy Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson, Akeem Butler, uh, there's one more I'm missing in there.
0: Oh, as far as uh, receiver misses? Yep. Andy Isabella, I just can't stop thinking about.
1: Let's just say, I mean, if he does better than the other, I mean, he's already got a probably good head start on him. So, yeah. They're, 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 fine. they're
0: I, fine. I liked, like, he's another guy who's dealt with some injury problems, but he also, I mean, he seems smart. He played at Stanford. I, I think that's worth he, he was 100% something. healthy
1: when we talked to
0: him. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think it's just one of those things where he's had a yeah. little bit of a history of it. So healthy now versus being able to stay healthy and productive is a little bit different. We'll see. It's a flyer. It's a third-round pick. But you could get something productive out of this guy, and there's a chance that your receiver room might need him. You might, because right now you're looking at Hollywood Brown, looking at Rondale Moore. You don't know about DeAndre Hopkins. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. You're you're just not sure. You can't count on him. Greg Dortch, Antoine Wesley are are like, no offense to those guys. I think they can make a little bit of an impact, but I don't see why Wilson plays well in practice that he doesn't find a way to get that shot. But that's just, I don't yeah. know, that that's just me. I know it's crazy. I'm not saying he's anywhere near the type of player. I'm not saying he's going to replicate. I'm really
1: interested to see what he does. I'm really interested to see how he does. I mean, that's in training camp, you know, there's usually those one or two guys you pick out, and he's, he's probably going to be one of those guys where I'm like, okay, let's see what this guy—what this guy's about. Like, yeah. Let's see what he can do at this level.
0: I have a feeling he's going to have some pretty nasty practice grabs. Just from what I saw, he's good at the contested catches. He, he's just good at meeting it at the high point, meeting it with his hands, and bringing it down. It's a skill. It's a valuable skill in the NFL. All right, let's keep going. Got a lot of ground to cover. Fourth round, pick number 122. Offensive lineman John Gaines, the second out of UCLA. Sneaky. Sneaky pick. Tell me why, Tyler.
1: Because that could very well be a center candidate for the Arizona Cardinals this year.
0: I mean, he played a majority right guard, but he did also play center and a couple other positions at UCLA as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. When we talked to uh, Jonathan Gannon after, uh, you know, when was it Tuesday? I believe it was. Yeah, he, I mean, he mentioned him when asked about the center position. He mentioned him and Yoda Froholt. So that's uh, it's gonna be something to watch. I think he's very much in the running to fight for center reps this year. And you know, he sounds like he's got a really high football IQ. He can play guard too, and he just wants to be part of the starting five. And I think they are trying to see where everybody can fit right now. And I mean, it's a lot of wait and see a lot of, we'll see a lot of, you know, we're still working through that and hopefully that's not a lot of that phrase this year, but uh, that's kind of, I mean, he's very much I think in the mix to get some valuable center snaps or at least be in line to maybe fill in if needed at center this year.
0: Yeah, he's kind of added to the list of everybody so far who you could say has, has high football IQ. That's very clearly and, and very directly said out of the, the Cardinals brass that that's who they're going for. Good players, don't get them wrong, good players, but high football IQ. He falls in that category. Listen to a couple interviews with him. He's very versatile. He he knows what he can bring as well, which is important. And he... he he can plug some holes for you, and you've got to imagine there's going to be some shuffling around the offensive line, as there always is. He's a fourth rounder, but his athletic scores were really good. There's a, It's a chance. It's a good shot, and I like the position so far. I mean, you've got offensive linemen. You've got edge. You've got corner. You've got wide receiver. Now you've got another offensive lineman. Then we get to the fifth round. This is where the position stuff took a little bit of a turn. Your thoughts on the 139th pick in the draft, Houston quarterback, Clayton Tune.
1: Oh boy. Yeah. I think this one's, this one's going to be fun. I think this is going to be we're going to have a pretty fun training camp. I think it's 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 going to be pretty interesting. The training camp and preseason to see what this guy is all about because talking to him the dude has a ton of confidence. He said oh, yeah. he believes he's he's the best quarterback in the draft and he knows that uh he knew where, he didn't really expect much. He he just felt like he was going to go somewhere and he's going to show the world what he's about and you know you've got to have that confidence and and I'm just really interested because he's more of a mobile quarterback too so he kind of fits the mold of maybe somebody that Drew Petsing might want to you know work the offense around in hopes of when Kyler kind of drops in they can kind of just go so I'm really interested to see how much this dude competes with mccoy and blau because there's a good shot that they might want to see this offense ran by somebody that can actually run the football you know with designed runs and not just be a stationary type guy like blau or mccoy
0: mccoy blau and tune sounds like the worst divorce lawyers ever and driscoll and driscoll he's in those small font at the very bottom He, he just made partner uh yeah i i can't lie I was a little shocked when they made the pick. I was doing Arizona Sports Saturday. Uh, we were just about to go live, and they they picked him. and she's like, all right. Well, there's some fodder for the Kyler Murray trolls on Twitter. That's a good one for you. And it's 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 a fine it's a fine throw the dart at the dartboard and see if you can get a bullseye. You're not gonna probably. You want your backup quarterback to have that crazy confidence. There's a chance he could be the Cardinals' backup quarterback for a while, and that's not a bad gig to have. But I don't think that the Cardinals want to put all their eggs in the Colt McCoy, David Blau, Jeff Driscoll basket. And I don't know if I can necessarily blame them. It's good to maybe no. get a guy like Toon there under the tutelage of McCoy. Well, Kyler continues to learn from everybody there, but also go on to be Kyler Murray. McCoy might be able to have a little bit more of an impact on Toon. And who knows? They, they could now have their weight in the wings, backup quarterback ready to go for the next however many years. Is he going to well, replace I- Kyler? No.
1: Yeah, and I thought it was, uh, you know, it's a little interesting fact is that he's actually the great uh, great nephew of the Cardinals' first ever NFL draft pick, Jim Lawrence, who was a uh, running back, I think, for Stanford. Sure. I think, sure. I think, I think. In like 1936.
0: You're not up to date with the roster of 1936 Stanford football? You
1: no, know, for the then Chicago Cardinals.
0: Ah, oh, okay.
1: And then he won't play for the Packers.
0: Interesting. I, a lot of football pedigree in this draft. I, I'm, I'm excited for Tuna as well. Give me a couple good quotes, man. Let's do it. Let's have a fun training camp. Let's see if you can maybe be the Cardinals' backup quarterback for a while. And hell, who knows? Who knows? Crazier things have happened, but who knows? All right. Sticking in the fifth round. Pick number 168. Maybe my favorite pick of these late rounds. Owen Papo out of Auburn. Your thoughts?
1: You know, that one I've got I've to gotta see more from. That one was a little more of a, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I, I want to hear your thoughts. I think I'm, I'm, still, I'm still processing that one a little bit.
0: Okay, so it's the fifth round. It's the 168th pick. So I'm looking at what is your building block with this player? For Papo, it's his athleticism. He was the fastest linebacker in the 40-yard dash into the combine. The the fastest, Tyler. Not one of the. He's got big-time NFL speed. He has definitely an NFL trait. I can't sit here and tell you he's a great football player. I'm sure he's fine. He might be better. He might be worse than we're thinking right now. I I haven't gone back and watched a lot of the tape at Auburn. I just haven't. But he's a big school, and he's got a trait and a skill that you can build around. I like taking flyers in the fifth and the sixth round on guys like that. That you can point to and say, if all goes right and we bet on our development, this is how we're going to use this guy. He's going to be used for his sheer speed and athleticism. And and there's a role for that in, in today's NFL. There is. So, I'm fine with it. I like it. Again, not going to stand on the table and say it's to steal of the draft. But as far as later round picks, you know, out of Toon, Peppo, Clark, Stills, who we're going to get into in the sixth round, like, I, I like him the most. I'm looking at him the most. I think that there's something there. Do I know if, okay. they can, if they can get it all out of him? I'm not sure. I haven't seen this development system in the Cardinals yet, but he's got a skill, one that can translate. I'm cool with the pick. I'm not going to lose sleep over it, and I'm not going to sit up and buy a, a Papo jersey. You know what I mean? Like, there's a balance there. Maybe you will. Yeah, who knows? Maybe he'll give me one. Maybe we'll have him on the show. Life is crazy, <laughs> Tyler. We have absolutely no idea. And we also usually don't have any idea of what's going on in these later rounds, but I want to know just your brief opinion on kytrell Clark out of Louisville, the 180th pick. He's a cornerback, and Dante Stills out of West Virginia. That's a comp pick, number two thirteen.
1: Yeah, so Clark, you know, I think it's another depth piece for the secondary, and it's another another corner for the another cor- It's another cornerback for the cornerback's room that you know, right now just needs some depth and needs to see who let's just compete and see who's the best. So I like it. uh, You know, he was actually Monty said he had the wildest party in the background. So that was pretty funny. So uh, and he was super, super jacked up, like ready to run through a wall. And there's a couple guys. And that was something that I think was kind of the trend, too, is just you can tell these guys just love football and love the game and are just ready to go. And, uh, you know, with Stills, He's got some football lineage too. And the interesting thing with him man is is you know as an interior defensive lineman they, they there's a battle up front. There there's very much there's very much a competition to see who's going to earn those valuable snaps and I think he could be one of those guys that could maybe push up if if he can get with the program quickly. You know, Rashard Lawrence, we've seen flashes but the guy just can't stay on the field and you know, Leckie is – up and coming still and, and, you know, needs to take that next step. So I think Stills could come in there and really battle with those guys and obviously a couple of free agents that the uh, Cardinals got too. But, yeah, you know, Stills Stills could be that next, you know, future interior lineman that the Cardinals need.
0: I mean, hey, if you're getting that out of a comp six-rounder, fine by me. Yep. All right. I want you to grade this draft. Old school.
1: F through A through a opposite way um well okay so let's go with let's go with an a and i'm going to tell you why right tell me just because of the picks they got for the next season too
0: there you go They
1: got the guy that not only they wanted but kyler wanted Plus, they've got a pick that could very well be the first overall pick, plus their own pick, which could very well be the number one overall pick, plus a couple more. I mean, even the the, the one we're going to get, the, the next subject we're going to get into, even that ended up being another pick for next year. So there's just, I think, with you watch it from, the I guess, the GM aspect of it and just the wheeling and dealing and getting up and down the board in the first round, I, it's just – for a first year GM, that was huge. And I think to land on the guy, like I said, that everybody kind of wanted, that's even bigger. So now it's just put it all together. Let's see what the next step is. But I think that was, it's been a huge draft. And, and I think everybody's, you know, you, you always got to think like, obviously, draft grades come out right after, but three years down the line is when you're really going to realize what actually uh, transpired at this draft.
0: Yeah, and just look at the last couple drafts and think about where we were in the moment and where we are now. I agree. <laughs> I'm a cynical person. I usually try to not go over not lovey dovey, but like over embellishing if something good happens with this team and, and and kind of patting them on the back and playing it up. Like I'm just not that type of guy. And I know you're not either. I'm not saying that. But I, I really I really like this draft. Like there's not a part of it besides the tampering charges that you can look at as as a direct negative. Multiple trade backs, you could still say they got their guy in both of their big trade backs, including a trade forward. You get your offensive lineman, you address all positions of need, offensive line, corner, wide receiver, edge, like every everything that you needed, man. Like y- you addressed it as much as you could maybe taking yeah. a quarterback maybe that mock drops you down to an a- minus. but again your backup quarterback is still a position of need in my opinion so yep. i'm i'm cool with it man i like the players i like the positions i like the schools they're coming out of i like the trades it's hard not to give it an A. The only thing that would hold me back is what happened right before the draft. And that's when we <laughs> learned that the Cardinals and Eagles settled a tampering investigation involving the recruitment of former Philadelphia defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon as Arizona's new head coach. This came out of nowhere. Literally came out of nowhere. nowhere. Like 10 minutes before the draft.
1: Yeah, so so I'll tell you, this is so to get into where I need to get into for the draft was just a huge maze. So me and I actually ran into a couple of people from Arizona. So me and a couple of people were walking all the way around this thing to get inside and finally get inside, get set up, kind of trying to find a spot where I could probably set up shop a little bit. And as I'm like getting ready to go, I looked down and I see the report come in and I'm like, you have got Ugh. to kidding me. And every, there's like probably 10 or 15 people that heard me like go what? And I go, Oh the Cardinals, they just uh got forced to make a trade basically before the draft started. <laughs> and they were like, Well, that's uh that's a bummer and like kind of just <laughs> went on about their day. But Cardinals just, are gonna cardinal are you kidding me?
0: Yeah, that was that was the that was the vibe back here in the state of Arizona as well. It was Are You Kidding Me? It was Bickley, Wolf, Gambo, Bernsey that were on air for the show that uh, Maloney and I are producing, a bunch of other people uh, making that show happen. And when I tell you, I don't know if I've heard them that upset live over something in a very long time. I'm, I'm talking the vibes were in the gutter. Trash, basura, oh, whatever you want to call it. It, it. Everybody was pissed. They were mad at the Cardinals. They were mad because Arizona was the last one to hire a freaking head coach, and yeah. you get charged for tampering. <laughs> and and so the the um, terms. And, and, and you probably didn't have to. No, <laughs> I don't think you did. Um, but to resolve the matter. The Eagles and the Cardinals swapped third round picks in the last week's draft, the 66th pick from Arizona going to Philly for the ninety-fourth pick. That's about a 30-pick difference because of this. That's a pretty big deal. But the Cardinals do receive Philadelphia's fifth round selection in 2024. So I That's guess not bad. a small a small band-aid on a big cut, you know, like it helps, but it doesn't really do anything. Like and and you know, they traded back in the draft and blah blah blah. Like he it's not a big deal now because Austin Ford had such a good showing afterwards. Yeah. But it was just okay, add it to the list. And Eagles fans are mad. <laughs> mad. Big time mad. Oh jeez! I mean, they're saying the man cost them the Super Bowl, and you know no, what? I I just I think a it's break. a I think it's a little bit ridiculous to be like our head coach wasn't focused. He had a job offer from the Cardinals. It's like well, dog. It's the coach. Super Bowl. Yeah, you don't think like what Jonathan Gannon doesn't want to go leave the Eagles with a ring? He doesn't care because he's going to go be the head coach of the Cardinals next season.
1: And it wasn't. And it wasn't like it wasn't like a full blown interview. It was hey, you know, would you want to if, if this job was still open, would you want it? Yeah, kind of deal. It, it was not a set up Zoom call. It wasn't anything like that. I I think somebody asked that question even about if it was like a Zoom interview type deal, and he said no, it was a phone call. It was like literally talking to me about advice as we're getting ready for the Super Bowl because he had been there before and he had brought it up that there was an opening and I said I'd be interested. And that was about it from everything that he and told he us. And he stopped
0: so. learning how to coach. He just completely forgot. Uh, maybe just give credit to the Chiefs who just absolutely destroyed you. Um, yeah, maybe. Like, hey, and you know, you got what was it, CJ Gardner-Johnson saying that Gannon didn't put him in the position to succeed. And it was weird. Him not speaking to the media after the Super Bowl. I can admit, there's... There's some fishy stuff going on, but it's nothing to the level to be like he cost us a Super Bowl, and it's well, nothing I to mean, the level the thing- to to cause a big level of concern and worry going forward for the Cardinals either.
1: I guess, and I but I guess the thing for me too though is is for just I know Super Bowl is probably a little bit different since it's a big big giant ginormous game of the year, but uh, for I mean after the game we only talked to head coach and and quarterback and then everybody else in the locker room, so I mean getting those extra coordinators, you usually don't get them. So that's uh, just my little inside extra tidbit. But obviously, Super Bowl, you're going to make more time for more people.
0: Speaking of little inside extra tidbits, we had a uh, Mr. Tyler breaking news over here uh, the other day in regards <laughs> to Isaiah Simmons' fifth-year option. One of the few things we still have left to cover here on Cardinals Corner, that's Tyler Drake, Arizona Sports Cardinals reporter. You can follow him on Twitter at Drake for sports. I am Eric Ruby. You can follow me at Eric with a K, Ruby, R-U-B-Y on Twitter. But Tyler, on your Twitter, you were able to confirm before it was actually official that the cardinals did not pick up the fifth year option of linebacker isaiah simmons former number 8 overall pick this was expected but it's still a pretty big deal don't you think
1: yeah yeah definitely i think just from the amount of time that had passed the fact that the deadline was the day past that it was just felt like this was kind of where it was trending you know even when we had asked both Monty and, and Jonathan, we never really got concrete, you know, answers to where they would put him in the defense, what they thought about him, and you know, obviously, versatile guy can, feels like we can put him anywhere. But where is that at exactly? So I think this was kind of coming. We'll see exactly what happens. I mean, there's still a year. It could easily re-sign him here. It's just uh, it's going to take time, and it's going to take take time to see exactly how they're going to use him in this new defense that. I don't think anybody really knows what it's gonna look like here at this point. Yeah,
0: they've been a little vague with it. We're just we're gonna put our players in the best position to succeed. Okay. I hope so. Whether that means if Isaiah Simmons is at one position, multiple positions, God, I could just I could see myself going through it again this summer, Tyler.
1: I mean, is it a four three? Is it three four? What what are we what are we doing? Here?
0: I can already see the tweet from you saying it looks like uh Cardinals uh former number eight overall pick Isaiah Simmons starting to get work with the safeties at the beginning of voluntary. Like I, I just really
1: hope I don't have to send no, that tweet. I
0: see year. I I could see it right now. It's
1: it's, it's I think I've sent it two three two or three times now in, in two or three years.
0: And I just I I don't want to see it again, but I have a feeling we're going to. I I have a feeling that we're gonna kind of see the same stuff. And and that it bothers me a little bit. And I'm not I'm not too sold on not picking up his fifth year option, man. I'm not, I'm not like pissed. I'm not banging on the table. I didn't like burn my Isaiah Simmons jersey. I don't know. I don't have his Isaiah Simmons jersey. Like, I get it. I understand that he's not your guy, and maybe he hasn't been living up to the number eight pick potential, but he's been a really solid football player for you. Really yeah. solid, like a good contributor for you. He is versatile, whether that's his strength or his weakness. I guess we're still finding out, but <laughs> I, I think that there was maybe a reason to invest in him and pick up that fifth year option if he wanted. If he wanted it to, because I guess there's maybe a chance that he doesn't want to be around here as long as he wants, and maybe Austin Ford and Gannon can kind of sense that and they say, okay, we're, we're just we're not going to pick up the fifth year option, go ball out, and let's see what happens after that. But. I've seen too many talented defenders leave the Cardinals. I don't care which regime it's in. And go and dominate. To to not think that that would happen again. And to me, you pick up the fifth-year option. Where are you going to spend the money elsewhere anyway if you're not going to really look to be winning winning? Right away. And it's not like he can't contribute to winning football. Very easily, you can see Isaiah Simmons having a long, successful career on a winning team in the NFL. That's not out of the possibility. Like, that's just not. And I just think it's, he's already in your building. It's worth giving him the investment of confidence. I would have done it. But that's me. And I understand the opposite side of it. I understand the well, you can always still re-sign him. This isn't goodbye. And there's
1: more flexibility, too.
0: I get it. I get it. But flexibility for what?
1: In case you need to do something else. In case I mean, in case you want to save cap, in case you want to bring him back, I mean, you just got to kind of look at it. I think, what was it, like $12.7 million would have been his option. I mean, who knows? They could probably re-sign him and work the deal out to where it's a lesser cap hit on that front end and put more on the backside. So it's just you got to look at that side of it, too. So I, I just think there's more options if you don't pick it, which is weird. But I think you just have more options when you don't pick up the option. I
0: just hope we don't get to this place where time passes and Isaiah Simmons just plays well and leaves. He's he like, okay, bye-bye. Have a good one. Could have had you for an extra year, but not. And that's I don't think that's something the Cardinals can afford to have happen right now. I, I really yeah. don't. I think in the middle of a rebuild, there's a chance that Isaiah Simmons can still be a building block around you, especially as Zaven Collins continues to get more comfortable. That might open up a lot more for Simmons as well. I just, I get it, but I don't agree with it. And that's kind of where I stand on it. I know that you're in a little bit of a different boat, but we'll see. <laughs> Apparently they're all still on the same page, whatever, coach speak, all of that, but they're we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see when he actually plays. We'll see what actually happens. And then finally, to end off this wonderful edition of Cardinals Corner, it's been so great getting back and talking to you, Tyler, talking to the people about this Cardinals offseason that's been full of news, full of fun storylines. And that's DeAndre Hopkins. Apparently, everything's peachy keen, right, Tyler? Everything's great.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, just keep telling yourself that.
0: Yeah, everything's fine. DeAndre Hopkins is a Cardinal, according to Ian Rappaport, They're going to work together. La di da di da da. I still think he's traded before the start of the season.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think it's just kind of a maybe a reaffirming their relationship to try to up the deal for both sides. I, I really think it's more along those lines. I just, you know, it's. I, Hop came. out. I mean, he threw a huge wrinkle into everything when he came back. Said, "Who said I wanted to leave? Who said I wanted to go?" And you did. Like,
0: Literally, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, you did. <laughs> Who said I wanted so, to go? I don't know. Maybe I, in the video where you're being interviewed about where you'd like to be traded to and you made a really happy face when they brought up the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. I didn't hear you say, hey, don't ask me that question. I don't want to leave the Cardinals. I didn't, I didn't yeah. hear that. I didn't hear it, Tyler.
1: I mean, he says he's still a Cardinal, so he technically still is a Cardinal. I
0: guess. He was working out so, yeah. in Arizona, but he wasn't working out with the Cardinals. <laughs>
1: No, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out, and I and I think it really is. Like I said, I think it's more of a, hey, let's try to up your value a little bit here because I I don't think they're I don't think Cardinals are liking the deals that are probably getting getting thrown their way right now.
0: Can they up his value in the off season? Is that possible? <sighs> because I don't think it's something that's in their control. It's a another big time receiver goes down with an injury, then maybe. Then then the value bumps up. But but other than that, like what can the Cardinals and DeAndre Hopkins do to bring more value to DeAndre Hopkins this offseason?
1: Well, maybe not this offseason, but they should just have him try to ball out for three or four games. Yeah,
0: have him actually court. play football? Yeah, that yeah. might help. <laughs> that that but that's what I'm saying is like then we're looking at a mid-season trade, which is a long time away. It's a long time. But if that's what it takes to get just accurate value for DeHop, I mean, I'm for it. Are you for it?
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if that if that could bump something up to the first round range, that's that's doable. But can that be a
0: distraction?
1: Um, depends on how they approach it. Depends on how much is leaked out to the national media from whatever side.
0: From whatever side? I think we know what side. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know whose side the leaks have been on, because it doesn't seem like Monty likes to discuss these things in in open. <laughs>
1: no, because <no, laughs> it doesn't yeah. seem hey, like would, that's the culture I would say that he it's wants. A lot coming out of. I mean, I think Pacman Jones is probably your uh, your reporter, your number one
0: source for DeAndre Hopkins news. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm skeptical about him being traded soon. I think it's more likely you wait until, I don't know, the Ravens lose one of the receivers they added, the Chiefs lose one of their receivers. I don't know if you try the to Chiefs trade them lose with.
1: lose like two games and they freak out, so they trade like two first rounders. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I don't know if you're going to be getting two first rounders, but I, I think that you were looking at a late round draft pick for DeAndre Hopkins, and that's just not viable. That just, it cannot happen if you're the Cardinals. So I'm okay with it. Also, all quiet on the Buda-Baker front. I haven't heard anything. I don't know if anybody's really heard anything about a possible nope. extension coming up. Haven't gotten anything from Buddha's side. So that's still kind of up in the air. We're still waiting and seeing, but I think it's a lot more likely that Buddha finishes the season in the Cardinals uniform than DeAndre Hopkins.
1: Yeah, I do too.
0: Is there anything else, Tyler, going on in the world of the Cardinals that the people need to know about?
1: You know, I think we have... Uh... I think we've about covered it.
0: Well, it took us a little bit to get here. A Little life curveballs keeping us from there, but we made it. And we're happy that you made it here with us as well. If you want to follow Tyler, you can at T Drake for the number four sports at T Drake for Sports. Tyler, he's got all the Cardinals content you need, all the Cardinals reporting you need. He's confirming news, all of that stuff. You can follow him at T Drake for Sports. You can follow the show at AZ Cards Corner on Twitter. You can follow the show, download the show anywhere you get podcasts. Get Give us a five-star review. Tell us how much you love Tyler, how amazing Tyler is, how incredible <laughs> Tyler's Twitter content is, and how you go through this podcast and you deal with me just to get those inside scoops from Tyler Drake. That's what you need to leave in your five-star review of Cardinals Corner. And if you want to do me the favor of following me so you can get way less content than what you get from Tyler Drake, you could do it. At Eric with a K, Ruby on Twitter. You can also hear me Monday through Friday on 98.7 throughout Wolf and Luke and Burns and Gambo. Bottom and top of the hour bringing you the latest from the Arizona sports desk. So until next time, Tyler, when we've got more Cardinals offseason news to discuss and hopefully less curveballs from life to deal with, we will be back. But until then, remember, even in the off-season, to enjoy football.